This is the Rebel Scum Podcast. Available in video on YouTube and audio wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every week, Brock and James talk the latest rumors, news, and theories from a galaxy far, far away. Support us on Patreon for exclusive offers and join the Star Wars discussion. Patreon.com slash Rebel Scum Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brock and James. You are always scum. Rebel Scum. And now we're getting the real Rebel Scum here. Brock's here. Hi, Brock. Hi. Hi, I'm Brock. <laughs> it's Brock. I'm James. And we, this is uh, American Thanksgiving. And we've got uh, Canadian to welcome Andrew Fantasia's here. No one really wants him. But now the true American who just took some time off from cooking a big turkey dinner. We have Lauren from the Galactic Podcast. How's it going, <laughs> yes. Lauren? Well, doing well. Thanks for having me back on. Yes, we just had the turkey, the stuffing, and terrible Lions football. So that is a Thanksgiving <laughs> trifecta in the Detroit area. So, yes, we're good here. <laughs> All good. Thank you very much. Nice. Terrible Lions. Terrible Lions football. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I went Who to a Lions game on thing? thirteen years ago. It is fun. Like I, I went to one, which they actually won at, which is surprisingly enough. But uh, yes, they oh, are. Wow. It is an event. It is an event that a lot of people go to, and they spend money on the Lions. <laughs> it's, it's an event. People go to. <laughs> yeah. We can't. We can't say too much here because we have the Leafs for hockey, so they're kind of like uh, they're funny. a little bit more successful than the Lions in, in that you know, unless you count championships, then they're equal. But you know, it's, <laughs> we really we funny. understand failure in, in athletics. Andrew right. doesn't know what sports are, so he's just nodding up. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still trying to figure out what this football thing is. I know there's a he's line, like, and somebody's like, line. "Get the ball out of my yard." That's, it. <laughs> That's a great summary of American football. I mean, really, Andrew, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. All day football. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here on the Rebel Scum mm-hmm. podcast. Right now, we're going to talk uh, cartoons, animation. Boom. Uh, hand-drawn, mm-hmm. computer, whatever you want. Uh, and Star Wars and animation really go side by side. Um, yep. You know, we were introduced to Boba Fett through animation. And then droids and Ewoks cartoons kind of carried us through. And, of course, the one, the Clone Wars really, it it, it, it closed this gap that we had. Not so much in the, in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, but in, in the Clone Wars story. But really, in the prequels, it kind of, and I think, Brock, you've mentioned this a bunch of times on the, on the podcast, is it made you appreciate the prequels a lot more and the characters yeah. within the prequels a lot more. And it's all due, all thanks to animation. Boom. I've, like, realized about five minutes ago, none of this audio is going through my headphones. I can hear you through my computer, so I'm just going to get rid of this. <laughs> For once, my wife actually has to hear the other side of the conversation outside of, yep, yeah. ah. boom, yeah. Anyways, um, well, you know, but yeah, Technology. sorry, uh, animation, uh, I love it, it's bueno. Uh, look at the world we live in now where like we're getting more content because they can animate it. I mean, Star Wars Visions, fantastic. You know me. I'm a Rebels boy. I love Rebels. I went to, <laughs> I watched the first episode for the first three seasons in a room with other people at uh, Comic Cons. I'm like, yeah. He did. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I don't even know what your question was. There was no real question. But Lauren, <laughs> I wanted Lauren on this, on this, because uh, when mm-hmm. Lauren first started, we started talking like years ago on, on the Twitters. Mm-hmm. You've always been like a huge advocate for animated Star Wars and a, and yes. a real animated film a real animated feature film i know yes. the clone wars uh movie is sort of a movie it's not really like it was theatrical but it, i don't it's not really a movie it's the first four episodes of a series really right it's like a, right. it's, it's kind of so I, I don't want to offend anybody but that's how i feel about it so whatever <laughs> i don't care but you've been a huge advocate for it, so i wanted you on this conversation because mm-hmm. we're going to be talking animation all day and andrew has never seen a cartoon in his life no andrew yeah, because they always play it next to football games, and I don't want to look at it. Oh. 
Football is a sport. Well done. Well done. That's that's fair, Andrew. That's really fair. It actually took me uh, it took me a long time to start watching Clone Wars. Uh, I, I remember it coming out. And, you know, back in the day, I was just not an expanded universe kind yeah. of guy. I was like, mm -hmm. I love the movies and I love the visual guides that tell me who Mara Jade is. But I don't care to buy this book and read about Mara Jade because Star Wars was too much of a visual and auditory medium for me. Even though I loved the books, I was like, nah, I don't want to read a novel about this guy named Thrawn. <laughs> um, so I just kind of learned about it through these other things so when clone wars is coming out i'm like okay there's more expanded universe fine whatever and then i think it took me like a almost two years like i think season two is out before i was like let me see who this ahsoka person is because she sounds cool <laughs> and then here i am with clone Wars stuff all around me and <laughs> i never look back well let's let's talk about ahsoka for a little bit because uh, i remember vividly before that movie came out and there were interviews with all the people behind the scenes and they mentioned Ahsoka and Anakin's Padawan Ahsoka and I remember cringing at Ahsoka I was a cringer at Ahsoka and a lot of and I wasn't the only one a lot of people cringed at this character who is now uh slowly becoming the face of Star Wars in a lot of ways <laughs> like Ahsoka has emerged to become a fan favorite Brock I'm gonna start with you what were your first thoughts of Ahsoka and did you ever think that we would get to where we are with that character I don't know. Like, I was just thinking about when Andrew was talking because I don't like listening to him talk. But, uh, like, I can't remember <laughs> when I started watching Clone Wars. Um, I would love it if Rehan walked right in now and said, I agree with Brock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think because I was trying, when he said, like, when he started watching and bringing me in season two, I think, like, I knew about it, but I only watched it because there was like this Darth Maul continuation story. I mean, like, what do you mean Darth Maul's alive? So mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, I'll watch it. And but like, if you watch it sequentially, it's like it takes a while to get to Darth Maul, and you're like, oh. <laughs> um, but I, I can't remember the first. I guess like, as I finally finished Clone Wars, I'm like, okay, I get this character. I don't think I was ever adverse to it, but. I don't know, but it is is true. It's like that character that was like, hey, Sky Guy, and it's like, um, what? And <laughs> now is going to have their own series. So, boom. Hey, Lauren, how about you? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it is a really interesting journey for, obviously, Ahsoka overall, right? Like, I mean, from the, the hate, let's be honest, James, I mean, just like everybody else, she wasn't really well-received, and it took an entire... <laughs> series i mean probably a couple seasons for people to be like oh, okay ahsoka's ahsoka's like the real deal right like it took people time for her story to build and it really you know i you got to give credit to ashley Eckstein. i mean for her to read what she probably had read back then right to hit to see all the the hate for that character but to know in the back of her mind that you got you know like she knew the journey right she knew the journey that this character was going on she knew what it was going to be like and she trusted the writing and she knew that it was going to be special and it, and it is she is now james you're 100 she is now almost the face of star wars like you could argue that legitly that she is the face like people will know ahsoka more and more now because of animation because of the stories they're being told now and it's good it's a good thing for especially like a female fan like myself like it's cool to have female characters in the forefront of those conversations, right? Like, cause usually it's what Vader and Luke and Han and, you know, those typical characters, but now like Ahsoka's in there, Ahsoka's in that conversation. And it's, it's really cool. And it she, she deserves, I think all the accolades now, like everybody, like the praise and the love it's well-deserved now, especially for Ashley, the one that really started it. Yeah. So Andrew, um, Ahsoka was Anakin's Padawan. And he was... <laughs> yeah, you dumb dumb. because yeah, I know you're too busy watching the uh, the Buffalo Bills games back then. <laughs> I know what's going on. But Andrew, how about you? Because I, I you weren't into Clone Wars, but when you got into it, do you have any memories of, of what you thought of Ahsoka, or was she kind of like maybe just like eh, she's a character and you, you didn't think anything of it? I think I remember starting up the Clone Wars movie, 
uh, like pressing play and knowing that I was in for something that was not the most hotly received thing on the planet. You know, I, like, I, I kind of knew going in like, Ooh, this got some, you know, this quietly squeaked through theaters and nobody cared. So what am I in for? And then when it was over, I was like, that wasn't anything bad. You know, that was a great little, what, like 80 minute pilot for a show. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then Ahsoka just kept getting cooler and cooler as the show went on. Uh, so I never really had a huge problem with her. I never saw what the fuss was about. You're right, though, Lauren. She really, Ashley could have been dissuaded in the same way that Ahmed Best was dissuaded by exactly. all the, exactly. the toxic shit that came out. But no, she looked at that and she was like, you know, I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep playing this character because uh, I like it and they're writing good stuff for me. So mm -hmm. she persevered. And now we have somebody great. We have a Star Wars icon. I uh, I got my my best friend got Disney Plus like at the beginning of 2021, and he literally spent this whole year watching everything Star Wars in chronological order. <laughs> I think right now he's at The Last Jedi, and I asked him, I was like, "So who's your favorite character?" And without any hesitation, he's like, "Ahsoka. Ahsoka's a boss. I love her." So like, nice. There you go. Nice. Ahsoka really for me came into her own in, in Rebel. Like Rebels was at late to the party here, but. I was like, okay, this is, you know, something real here. And I thought she really took flight in that series. And and when it comes to Mandalorian, I just, like, she's aging, right? We're watching her grow up, basically. Mm -hmm. She started off as, you know, a child, basically. And now she's Rosario Dawson. You're like, oh, all right, you're cool. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's awesome that they've translated an animated character into live action. Because I think that's something that it was always questionable. Like, can that be done? And a lot of people... There are a lot of fans, Star Wars fans, not Star Wars fans, that just don't view the animated stuff the same as the live action stuff. And I think there's a lot of people are like that. But now, uh, last week, early this week, whenever it was, the Sabine Wren casting, live action cast of Sabine Wren, rumor that uh, Aladdin will be playing Ezra, big rumor, but it seems like that's probably a legit rumor. So we're getting, like, so Sabine and Ahsoka and possibly Ezra. Those are three animated characters, purely animated, that only either kids who watch it or diehard Star Wars fans. You know, the, gen the general audiences are not going like, I can't wait to see Ezra Bridger and Sabine Wren on screen. <laughs> not, but it's huge when they're doing this. Do you think, Lauren, that this is mm -hmm. a gateway for the general audiences to get into the anime animated stuff and watch these animated forms of these characters oh yeah i mean this is i think what star wars sometimes does pretty well right like let's take solo for a second solo had maul at that scene right if you didn't watch clone wars you had an audience thinking like well what the heck man how did he survive what's his story and then as a fan i could turn to them and be like push my push my glasses up and say you need to watch clone wars because you'll get a whole arc with him and you'll understand where he's been and then obviously you can go to rebels and you can get it to you know season seven of clone wars like there's an entire like gateway like you just said james it is a gateway into i think these animations that i think a lot of people sleep on general audience wise Fans like us, we're into it, right? We 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 watch them, we understand it, we we are connected to it. But the general audience that maybe are just watching live action, right, or just watching the movies, and now they're watching like The Mandalorian, and now they're going to watch Boba Fett. You put a character in like Ahsoka in The Mandalorian season two, and I think eyes open. You're like, oh man, who's this Jedi? What is her story? You know, that actually happened to me with my sister. She's a super casual fan, like doesn't really watch you know it she's not deep into it she just watches it from time to time her and my niece and nephew were all watching mandalorian when it came out and when that soka episode came she texted me she was like hey did you watch it i'm like oh well yeah of course i watched it i watched it at like 6 a.m where have you been but then she was like yeah me and the kids loved it you know we like that new jedi blah 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 so then again i push my nerd glasses up i was like well if you want to know more about her i'll give you a whole list of episodes you need to watch on clone wars and you need to watch rebels like you can get fans into star wars that way and it it, it works really well though when they do it right these are the type of you know characters that i think can pull people into the animation you know maul ahsoka Sabine, Ezra, as obviously I'm a huge Rebel fan, just like you, Brock. Like I love those characters. 
I want more people to know them. I want more eyes on that ghost crew so people can really like enjoy like Star Wars in a totally different light. Brock, anyone else from Rebels you want to see thrown into live action? Or do you want, do you think, (laughs) huh? Zab, yeah. Yeah. That'd be amazing if they did that, honestly. That'd be so good. But do you guys think that if they continue continually bring these characters into live action, that they might even lessen the animation and maybe we'll get less animation going forward because they're just like, oh, well, live action is where we need to be. Do you think there's, do you think there's cause for concern that maybe the animation stuff will slow down or it'll be less uh, consequential to the storylines? I, I personally don't. I think that's a it's a good avenue to do and explore things, right? Because again, look at the prequels, and you can you can argue that without Clone Wars, the prequels might not be as loved as it is now, right? Because I think Brock, you touched it on earlier. Clone Wars really put a nice line in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, right? Like the stories that were being told and the characters that they built within that little time frame was huge and it made the prequels that much better. I mean, when season seven came out of Clone Wars and you get those last four episodes, my God, that was amazing stuff. And the animation is getting so much better. Again, I do advocate for a fully theatrical Star Wars movie. I think it's a perfect time to do it. I think the technology is there as far as making it really, really feel real and not feel too kiddish, you know? And I think a lot of people would watch it. I really do. I think animation, the more they put content, because we got Bad Batch. We have Bad Batch Season 2 coming out. We had Visions. Like, there's a lot of animation content coming. And I think we'll hopefully, you know, get Star Wars fans to watch animation. And then I think I think it's time for them to try another swing at full animation theatrical movie. I think it's time. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. I want to see it there. If like if it doesn't work in the theater, you can still drop it on the thing. Like I think when Disney Plus first came out, like the two big watchable things were Mandalorian and Rebels. Like people wanted to watch Rebels for whatever reason. I don't I don't know if they ever. Figured <laughs> yeah, I think that it was out, Rebels and Rebels. Simpsons were like the two most. And Simpsons, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, they're the two most ex- anticipated things that were pre-existing. Yeah, it's wild. I know. Has it long Disney Plus and it's like Simpsons new episodes every Wednesday and I'm like oh, you get the new episodes I'm like yeah man they're making that show <laughs> they? I'm like <laughs> let uh, Andrew do you have anything to add to that yeah I'm actually hoping that the opposite of what you said James would would be true that the instead of finding you know instead of transitioning to live action being an excuse to let animation fall by the wayside i hope it gets both the creators and the fans okay with the idea of more cross-pollination because Mm -hmm. i mean the gold mine that we've been sitting on since the force awakens came out is what has luke and his friends been up to right after the end of return of the jedi the best way to tell that story is in a cartoon that's the mm-hmm. best way to tell that story. And I know they just announced a book with Luke and Lando, and that's great. But as much as I love to read, the novels are my least favorite way to digest Star Wars material because it's just, it's everything that Star Wars isn't. There's no sound, there's no music, there's no color, there's yeah. no visuals. It's like, you know, you're giving me the bare minimum here. Uh, <laughs> so that story of Luke, Leia, Han, Lando, post Jedi, living it up having parties on Endor. Maybe Lando wakes up next to an Ewok and he's like, what happened last night? That was some party. That is a story that is rife for cartoon, uh, to, to be told by a cartoon. And you can have five seasons of that. You can really go all out and make a big show. And I think the more we see people like Ahsoka and Sabine and Rex or whatever coming over into live action, the easier it will be for casual fans to see live action folks like Luke Han and Leia as cartoons and not be put off by that. I'm really curious with this Ahsoka show and how much 
of a continuation it is from Re- that ending, the Rebels finale. Mm-hmm. Like, how deep are they going to go? Because you got Ahsoka saying Thrawn so, in, in The Mandalorian Season 2. So all of a sudden, you're like, well, we're all assuming that this show is about finding Thrawn or Ezra and Sabine now is being cast. You, you kind of look at it and you say, I'm curious to see how this cross-pollination is going to work. And the, the brilliance of it is that there's Dave, Dave Filoni at the forefront, who is an animation guy who's dipping his toes into live action. He, you know, he's got his, his hands crossed with Favreau, who's a live action guy. So that's kind of brilliant, but I'm really curious how they're going to make it work and blend it together as a standalone series, but also as a sequel series to a show that the four of us have seen, but, you know, a whole slew of other people have not because it's animation and it was Rebels and, I mean, when Rebels first came out, you guys, it was hated. Right? It was, oh, Disney ruined it. It looks like a cartoon for kids. I want my Clone Wars back. Remember? Like, it was hated. For, ended up being, I like, to me, it was like peak Star Wars for the most part. Like, just across the board. So, I, for me, I don't know about you guys you talk about, but I'm really, really looking forward to that, seeing how that cross-pollinating looks and works with Ahsoka. I think it's going to be interesting because obviously with with Dave Filoni, Ahsoka is his baby. I mean, we we all know that. We we understand that this is the character him and George worked on in Clone Wars to create to be, you know, Anakin's Padawan. So, I think obviously I trust him with what the story he's going to tell with her and how that's going to interconnect with either A Rebels or B be a be a show or be a series that if you didn't watch Rebels, it's okay. They might mention stuff, and then as a super duper fan like us, like we will, we will be able to connect connect with it more. But I think what they're going to do, hopefully, is again kind of tell a tell a story, tell a great story with Ahsoka and Sabine and Ezra regarding Thrawn, and then again have them maybe reference certain things that happen in Rebels, so then people that are new to those characters can be like, oh, where's that from? And then they can say, well, go watch Rebels and you'll get more of the story, more of their adventures and understand like what they're saying and have a deeper connection with it. I think that's how they should do it. Will they do it? I don't know. I I know a lot of people are afraid of this whole like it's going to be Rebels live action, which is a fair that's a fair criticism, criticism and it's a fair kind of worry. But I trust Dave. I, I really do. I mean, I trust Filoni to know how to write what he wants to write as far as this Ahsoka series and to connect it to Mandalorian. Because I, if I'm not mistaken, they have said like these sub series, these like other shows are going to kind of connect to the Mandalorian. So I think we'll get more connections to the, the Mandalorian stories than I think we will with Rebels, but we'll get definitely references within the Ahsoka show about Rebels where people can like, oh, okay, let, let's go check that out because I want to see what you know what were they talking about when they talked about Mandalore or when they're talking about this or that you know so I think that's that's how they should do it will they do it I guess time will tell Brock Andrew anything you want to add I feel like this is going to whatever these shows are building towards is going to change the star wars landscape and not just in the story mm. but in the way people see star wars they i think it's going to make it to the point where casual fans will see it as a multimedia thing and they'll they'll the casual fans will look at it the same way we all looked at shadows of the empire and been like wow look what they're doing they're <laughs> giving this all to us in five different ways uh and it will kind of come to define what star wars is and how it's doing it and they're they're doing so many great things now in the comics that Mm. i really wanted to like give them the credit where it's due because i've been recently catching up on all the comics that i've been missing from like the mainline series and they're just doing such a great job of keeping everything fresh and exciting while at the same time making you feel like everything's important everything's building towards something and everything follows what came before like the afro comic had uh i just read an issue where it's like there's a a villain from the bounty hunters comic who came and became a villain for afro for a bit and afro goes and meets with lady proxima and has a chat with her and i'm like this is great this is what this should be like this is what everybody should be doing so whoever is 
writing for everything other than the comics, talk to the comics writers. They, they know what they're doing. I think Mandalorian is definitely pushing the boundaries on what Specifically, Mandoka. Interesting show for everyone. Working these characters. Then have the race. The general audience. Like, we don't, they don't need to convince us. It's like, we're, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's a. It's, Star Wars is like parents with, and the Star Wars fan base is like their little baby. And it's always, <laughs> the baby's here. And they're just bouncing. We'll get you your Ahsoka, right, right, right. and then they're talking to their friends who they haven't seen because they've been stuck in the house for a year with their baby. And it's like, yeah, so like it's really cool, like pastiche movie, a bubble, like right. So we're distracting the the Star Wars fans right now. But if we if you could make a movie or, or sorry, a series, Sabine, people are like, yeah, I love these characters. To the, I don't know if they'll ever get to Grogu. Uh, whatever, but cute is cute, right? Like, but if you can see kids walking around with I've action to be <laughs> I feel like we're Well, I think we lost some audio yeah, there. Brock, I, I think your your mic's cutting out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I text you. You're a little crackly. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll mute you. All right, Brock's gone. We kicked him off the show. Oh, Brock, wave when you're back. When you're ready to continue talking. Sorry about that. Um, let's talk. Let's like Sabine live action. I liked Sabine, but, and I don't know how either of you feel, so maybe you could bring it up, but Sabine to me felt like, and she was, and very, very much an animated character. Like, like she was a cartoon character. And that is, I'm not afraid of how they're bringing it, like, I'm not, but it's just, it, it's, it's, she, of, of all those characters, she's seen like, you know, she was a graffiti artist and she was all colorful. It's like she was made for animation and it's almost a gamble i mean her being a mandalorian is perfect with the mm-hmm. world we live in with you know the show the mandalorian but it's still it's still interesting that she's you know it's intriguing like she's going to be brought into live action the most cartoony character in star wars of a, you know those characters is coming into live action do you guys have any fears or hopes for that i i think with sabine i you make a really good point, James, because she is one of those like perfectly like animated characters, right? Like you're saying, the colors, her graffiti, everything just like screams animation. But I think if we learned anything, especially with like in the Mandalorian series, like having somebody like Bo Katan, right? I mean, right, she's a Mandalorian and they have the mask and everything, but like showing them that they can be in live action i think gives me hope that obviously we can they can and do a sabine character right and i think they will do it right i i like the casting i i I like it a lot i think they have a big opportunity to bring a character like sabine to live action and kind of like what brock was saying like have some like have these kids be like walking around with a sabine like a a bean you know doll and everything like it would be exciting. I think they can. Like, I think she is a good, she's one of those characters that I think if live action, they do it right, she's going to be a huge success. Like, I think a lot of people are going to just fall head over heels for her like we did when we watched Rebels. She's like the perfect mix of like being a Mandalorian, but also being like an independent kick butt, like female character. I think she would be a tremendous, tremendous, like live from from animation to live action 
character that I think they can, if done right, they can do it. Like it, it would be a big success. Andrew. Yeah. And a show like rebels where you had a whole crew of just some of the coolest star Wars characters that have ever been made. She still stood out and became my favorite character. Mm. Uh, and like, that's no easy feat on rebels. Uh, and I, you know, I love how everybody on that show did this, but like how she went through these phases Season one, she was just super mysterious. She was just kind of hanging back. Everybody else was kind of talking. And she's just like, all right, I got my spray paint. Let's go. Like, you, you didn't know what her deal was yet. Uh, but then she quickly became kind of the heart and soul of the show. And I, like, you know, she, like, I was enraptured by her story with the Darksaber and her family. That was so heartbreaking. So that stood out in a show where everything stood out. Uh, and I, I can't give her enough kudos for doing that. I know nothing about this lady that they just cast to play her. Mm -hmm. So I hope that she can just bring that same quality that TSR Carr brought of here's this Mandalorian girl who's got this mysterious edge to her. You can tell she's a good person. She's trying to do the right thing. But man, does she have a messed up past and she's still struggling with that. If this new actor can bring that to the role, and we're golden. Then we've got, you know, she translates well to the live action. We're solid. All those kids are going to have those toys you were talking about, Brock. And she's going to, she's going to rock. She's going to be the, the standout of whatever that Ahsoka show is. It's, I wonder if she's the connective tissue between Ahsoka, Mandalorian, and maybe Boba oh, Fett or whatever that would else. Make because sense, she's, right? she's already connected to the Mandalorian show with the Darksaber, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bo-Katan. Yeah, yeah exactly. she has a big Bo connection with Boca. Yeah. So I think, yeah, she could really be a big... I think you're 100% right, James. She can really connect, like, the Ahsoka series, obviously, with, I think, the Mandalorian storyline. Because, I, for me, obviously, I think what the Mandalorian storyline is going to go is to Mandalore. I think that's, that's like, where we end up eventually. And to have... Sabine in that series that only again that makes sense to make that connection Mandalorian Mandalorian Darksaber obviously like we're talking about like it she's the perfect interconnection to to again like if you like Mandalorians right she's going to be in that show so you have like visually you have like a Mandalorian to see and then you can obviously connect her to Bo-Katan easily you can connect her to the Darksaber easily and then obviously we can connect her to Din through Boca. So, I mean, it's, it's a perfect, it's a perfect opportunity to really, again, make this character who is one of the, Andrew, you're so right. She is one of the standouts, which is really hard to say in Rebels because they're all fantastic characters, but she is one of the standout standouts in that, in that series. A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Brock, welcome back. Hi. <laughs> hey. Are you sound great? Uh, it's um, it's crazy to think like how much we're talking about Mandalorians were like years ago. It was like, yeah. we, like outside of like Knights of the Old Republic for like Xbox. Like, I never like knew this much <laughs> about Mandalorians. Like, it's crazy. So wow. I remember being in that Rebels panel where we watched the season, the season, the final season premiere. Remember, we got to watch part one. Mm -hmm. And it was on Mandalore, oh, Siege of Mandalore, whatever it was called. And we saw it. And, and Warwick, Warwick Davis <laughs> came down and he almost talked to Brock, and Brock had a, a mini heart attack. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, <laughs> he went to the row in front of us. We're like, oh my God. I was sitting next to Brock yeah. and I felt him visibly trying to shrink into it. was like this. He was like coming, <laughs> he was coming towards me, and I'm like, <laughs> I have, I have video. there's video of, of Warwick Davis coming down. And so, I don't know. Did you guys know that his name isn't Warwick Davis? It's Warwick Davis. Did you know Warwick. that you don't pronounce the second W? Mm, yeah, no, we learned that on the Willow announcement uh, from Disney, oh, yeah. Disney uh, Plus Day. Disney yeah, Plus. he he gives the whole cast a lesson on how to say his name. Uh, if you haven't seen it, that was the highlight of Disney Plus Day for Star Wars. Because mm -hmm. Star Wars was mentioned in that. That was the only time it was mentioned that day. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, oh, Disney like everything's Day. connecting. <laughs> what a day! <laughs> I, comics are great. Darth Maul is one of my favorite characters. There is rumor of a Darth Maul animated show. 
I think it's curious that it's going to be animated for a few reasons. One, we saw him on Solo, and it was, uh, and when he came up as Solo, I think everybody loved it. Uh, 25 people saw in the theater and every, all of them loved it. <laughs> but we're all wondering where this Darth Maul story is. He's now, he's the leader of Crimson Dawn. We, we know how he dies. He, he, I mean, as great as he is in Phantom Menace, he's he's not really a live action guy. He's barely been in live action. He grew in animation. Do you think animation is, is the right place for this character now? Or do you think they should have stuck with keeping him in live action? We'll start with uh, Fantasia on this one. We'll give everybody else a chance second to think. He's quick. He's never seen a Darth Maul in his life. So what he's a football a player, right? Yeah, he's a, <laughs> he played. He's um. I think he's he's suited for whatever you put him in. He's just that mm. cool of a character. Like he just looks great. He looks great in live action. He looks great in the Clone Wars when he shows up, and he looks great in Rebels. I think. Um, in regards of giving him his own show, well, that's tricky. And the reason why it's tricky is because I just, I hope that these, if this show exists, whoever is creating it and writing it is cooperating with all the other storytellers. And the reason I find that tricky is because they don't have a great track record of cooperation amongst storytellers in Star Wars, breaking news. <laughs> And like you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Going back to those comics, they are doing this great event thing right now with the War of the Bounty Hunters, and then apparently it's going to go into a second event called Crimson Rain, which is all about Crimson Dawn. There is going to be at least, at the bare minimum, a mention of Maul in that. There has to be. He's the leader of Crimson Dawn right now. So if those comics get made and they're magnificent and they talk about Maul and maybe even feature him. And then this show comes out and it's magnificent, but it contradicts everything that was in those comics. It's like, why couldn't you just <laughs> send an email? Hi, Charles Soule. I got hired by the same person you did. Can we please talk? Like, it's not that hard. So I, I'm just worried because they, it sounds like Lucasfilm Limited does not have an inter-office email pool. So... <laughs> I'm worried that if the show is real, it's going to go down that hole of mass contradictions. And we're going to be left with two things that even though they're great, they're not chocolate and peanut butter great when they very easily could have been. Brock? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's like, even though you can easily just say like, oh, the comics don't matter. I'm like, well... Don't they like a lot of people spend a lot of money to read these things and work on them and make them like it's like when a movie comes out, then inevitably they do stories that after the movie, it's clear to do things like they'll th they'll start building on these things you see in the background of movies. It's like so the comics are here to play ball. So let's play ball with the comics like just. Tell us your script. Like, just give us your script and give us, like, tell us what your idea is so we don't contradict it. Or, I don't know, just make one. Have you noticed that when Dave Filoni works on something, it just works perfectly? So just have a couple <laughs> more Filonis. Now, I'm not saying you can find a Filoni every 10 feet, but uh, it's more like 15. Uh, but, like, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, Charles Soule, you are in charge of this. Um, can't think of any other names, but it's like, just make him a movie guy too, or just get him some like, yeah, like Andrew said, just like just find his movie equivalent writer, and just like okay, we're gonna do this. Put them at the same desk in the same office. I know that's not how it works with them, but like, just do it. Like it's it's yeah, it's I don't I don't get it. Whatever. <laughs> that's a, you guys bring up good points about you know obviously with comics and the contradiction that happens obviously within animation like. It is a very simple like, hey guys, what have you guys done in comics? Like you would think it would be all, all there, but I obviously I don't. I feel like a lot of times it's like you know obviously animation kind of sticks together, comic books kind of stick together, the films slash live action maybe stick stick together. So they tell stories, but then they kind of like we're talking about they just forget that oh yeah, there's a comic about this guy, like they just and, and clearly. 
let's be honest, Dave Filoni doesn't really care what the comic book says. He's going to tell the story he wants, which is fine. Like, for me, Dave has earned that respect to tell the story he wants to. Yeah, it'd be cool if maybe Dave went to the comic book people and like, hey, guys, I'm thinking about doing this. What have you guys written? It just doesn't happen that way, which is very unfortunate. But I think with that mall animation, I think we... It only makes sense just because of how obviously season seven ended of Clone Wars. We see him take off and then it's like, okay, where does he go? And then obviously we don't see him until the end of, you know, Rebels season two. And then obviously we see him in season three and obviously we know what happened. So it's like, there's a lot of time in between that. And then obviously we see him in, in solo, like in, in live action form. So I think he's a perfect character to do both. I think, Andrew, you're right. I think he's a perfect character that if you put him in live action, it's going to work. If you put him in animation, he's going. it's going to work too. So I think the series only makes a lot of sense based on like what they have written and what we have seen in animation. And I'm, I'm cool with it. Like I'm cool <clears> with <throat> him staying in animation, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, I would love to see him pop up in live action in a movie or something, but or even in a TV series somehow, some way. But like... If they told the rest of his story in animation, I'm fine with that because a Sam Whitner, he knows Maul like he is Maul. Let's let's let's. I mean, he is like Ray Parker, whatever. Like you played him and everything, and you're the live action guy. But Sam made that character who he is. He made that character in Clone Wars. He made him in Rebels. He made him in obviously in Clone Wars season seven. Like he he is Maul. So I would rather have Sam tell the story and finish it than kind of do what they did in solo and have like a a a you know ray got you know ray park standing there and with sam's voice like it's just like okay like i get it but it doesn't add like to me animation stay in animation i think that's the best way to tell the story do you guys think that part of the problem with with the the continuity issues they're having is is star wars is is like this vast time timescape of star wars Mm -hmm. from the well, just the prequel era to the sequel trilogy. Uh, what's after, we don't know. Then you have Old Republic, obviously. The, the brilliance, I think, of the High Republic is that they can do whatever the hell they want in that time. Yes. Right? Yeah. As long as Palpatine doesn't die, uh, even if he dies, he cares. But as long as, like, you know, a character not like, well, Luke's going to, you know, they can do whatever they want. Whereas these comics and everything, they're all like, well, we're going to take place right here and nothing seems to be anywhere further. So, you know, mm-hmm. if, if Brock wants to tell a story there and then Andrew's like, well, I'm going to tell a story there and I'm going to use that. All of a sudden, that's, that could add to the issue. Maybe maybe some Star Wars storytellers should, or the powers that be, whatever, whoever's making the decision, should maybe expand their time frame and go a little bit earlier, a little bit later, and not necessarily just focus on that middle section of Star Wars. I Honestly, I just don't think that... I, I think they they are more concerned, I think, about obviously the live action in the movies, right? I think that's obviously yeah. they're like, they want that to connect more than anything. And I think obviously right behind that, though, is animation. I think they want animation to connect. And I think that's showing that they want to connect more with seeing these characters that we have seen in Rebels that we're going to see in the Ahsoka series, you know, pop up more. So, like, I think they're starting to respect animation Books and novels again, I and I'm I'm with Andrew. It's like I love I actually I love reading those books and everything, but it's like the the payoff isn't there yet. Will it be? Mm. Maybe maybe with the High Republic. Obviously, I think that's where maybe you can really see like book to animation to like a live action series really flow well because they are starting from scratch and this is like the story that they are thinking as they're doing it. You know, so it's going to be maybe easier to reference than right now where just like you said james like if brock did wants to tell a story within that section and so does andrew what how what are you going to do if one wants to be a live action and one's writing a comic like yeah they should connect but i just don't i just don't think they're there yet with or or they i don't know if they just don't care like how that happens like i i just think they want the movies and live action to connect but i think they are starting to respect animation now though i really do and i think that's why my hopes of a live action full theatrical movie are higher than ever because I think it's it's right there for them and I think it's it's something that can happen and I think a lot of people would enjoy. Brock, would you enjoy a live action 
or a live action. Would you not enjoy a live action animated <laughs> Star Wars movie? <laughs> would you enjoy an animated, a full length animated Star Wars movie? Is what I'm trying to say. Would you, would you go to the theater and give your 15 bucks or whatever it costs to go see a live action Star Wars movie? Animation movie or a live action movie? Animated. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I feel like you threw live action at the end. I was like, what? <laughs> um, I think I cut out. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, no. I mean, come on. I'll go see. If you slap Star Wars on anything, <laughs> I'll, like, it was like Star Wars, Baby Shark, I will go. Like, um, fair. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially if you continue some of the stories i've already watched sort of thing like i'm not saying that that's the main focus of it but you're like oh by the way uh i don't know zeb is gonna be in this for like five seconds i'm like i'm in <laughs> like <laughs> reading the star wars comics the the main story one that was between uh new hope and empire they threw uh, zeb and era in the crowd i'm like oh of course of course they're there I'm like, <laughs> that's how quickly i can get hooked um yeah no i think especially like i don't know if it's still if anyone cares about it anymore but i remember when like the theaters were starting to like gain momentum again by opening like demon hunter the anime was put in theaters and made like the most money of course it was like against godzilla and that was it like it was like the two <laughs> movies but i think we lost you again brock <clears throat> i could barely like barely yeah i can barely hear him <laughs> brock, brock. Brock, uh, we're using tin cans now for our podcast. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Oh, we hear you saying oh, There you go. There you that go. was about to check. Check, hey, one, two. There you go. There you go. Yeah, so, yes. <laughs> if I were both the uh, animated film, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew would totally be out for an animated film. Andrew, is there a topic in animation that you would shy away from and be like, nah, uh, uh. Um, well, the topic is what's important to me, right? I think that... Mm -hmm. When a movie, when a, a Star Wars movie comes out in theaters, what happens in that movie should be the most important thing that's happening in the galaxy at that point mm. in time. That's why it's the movie. That's why it's special. Because remember, you can tell 80 hours of Clone Wars in two years. You can only tell two hours of a Star Wars movie. So those two hours better be the most important stuff happening, whether it's to the, the Empire, the Old Republic, the New Republic, which I still really want to see more of, whatever, whoever it's happening to, whenever it's happening, as long as it's the most important stuff in the story, then you can have it animated, you can have it live action, whatever. Uh, and I feel like, unfortunately, I don't even know where this bias comes from or whatever, but the bias against animation even stretches far like in-house it would stretch to lucasfilm and i feel like they would think we can release an animated star wars movie and the story doesn't have to be that important mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's an animated star wars i feel like they would fall into that trap and that worries me because the act of going to the cinema to see a star wars should be a special act we've done it 11 times now it's been special every time. Don't lessen that with uh, uh, like a bias that doesn't need to exist. And I, I think, think kind of sorry. Go ahead. No, go on. Mine's boring. Uh, well, I was. I. I just. I think that the reason why the Clone Wars movie didn't wow people as much, there were a lot of factors. Sure, I mean, it was the first really big star wars cartoon and i think a lot of people didn't know what to feel about that but also it was even though it was great it was literally just a battle in the clone wars you know it wasn't the most important thing going on in the world at the time so 
they felt that. I feel like audiences uh -huh. felt that and said, you know what? If you would have just shown this to us on TV as like a two hour special event, we would have appreciated it a lot more than turning it into this big cinema thing. It would be like if, you know, episode four of WandaVision was in theaters. It's like, why? You know? <laughs> this is great, but why is this? Why are we going to the theater for this? Yeah, that's the thing. It's not, I don't want to put down the Clone Wars movie, but it was four episodes of a TV show that we knew. Right. I, I, I think your, your point is if, if that animated film was the Clone Wars, the entire series into like two hours, basically, then it's an event, right? Then we're like, we're going to go watch the Clone Wars. But yeah. instead, it was like, we're going to go watch this, these episodes. And I think that's what, I mean, it still made whatever it made, but it, you know, it, I think also it was, it wasn't made for, the theater i think they made it for the, the cartoon network and then they threw it they were like oh we could we could make some some bank let's do it you know make some bonus money so they're doing lauren if you could have any character headline a animated uh tv show or film who would it be mm -hmm. oh man um i mean i think Wado. They, yeah Wado. yeah there you go <laughs> sold out billion dollars easily I, I think what you do, honestly, and I think Andrew, I, I really, you have a really good point about what is the movie setting up, or what what would this animated movie set up, right? Because if it doesn't have any stakes, then why am I gonna go see it? You're you're 100 right. So what I think they could do is maybe since Ahsoka is obviously an animated character, and you're putting it into live action. Maybe do something with Ahsoka somehow, some way, connect her story into one of these eras that we're all familiar with. Maybe in between, um, you know, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, right? Throw her in there somewhere and make her the focal point of an animated movie to really connect with the original trilogy and then the sequel trilogy. Because I don't, we don't have a lot there. I think there's more to explore and I think maybe with her telling a story, whatever it could be, I think maybe gets butts in the seats. But what they could do though too is obviously you have Disney Plus, right? Brock, you were talking about it earlier where you can play around with Disney Plus now, right? You can maybe, if you wanted to, create a animated movie for, let, let's say High Republic, right? Let's say they do a High Republic animated theatrical movie. Then you set that up to maybe just play in the theaters for like a limited time and then you throw it on Disney Plus, right? And then you make people, oh crap, I didn't see it in the theaters. I gotta I gotta buy Disney Plus. And then the that sets up the whole High Republic era, right? Because it's new, it's Star Wars, you're in the galaxy, you can have Yoda, who everybody knows because he's still alive, and you can maybe have Maz Kanata show up in that film because again, she's still alive. So you have some familiarity with you know some of like these characters that we know and then throw a bunch of new characters in it that maybe you don't know yet unless you've read the high republic again that's where they could use this whole high republic era into like connecting the books to comics to live action to again like a full-length animated movie i think that's that's what they could do i think maybe instead of maybe trying to connect something within the established skywalker saga go outside of it and start something new right start start an old republic go further back than the high republic or again maybe if you go forward maybe you go past the sequel trilogy and you do a, a theatrical movie that has animated ray in it or something you know again you could do it but i think what they have to do for animation you're exactly right andrew you have to have it make make it have stakes make make me want to make the general audience want to go see it because of what it's setting up for the future. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I, I would jump for all of that. That's what they need um, for Brock. Is there an area you want to see an animation that you that you think would work better animated than live action? Maybe not better, but you know, would succeed in ways that. Uh, live action might not be able to i think anything where like light uh jedis are doing lightsaber stuff always will look better in animation like they just can't eh. i mean it's been 20 years of like 
sub or subpar. It sounds like I'm an aficionado of lightsabers. Like it's just like <laughs> it's something they made up. Like I mean, you know, I mean, we could name a couple of good ones, but it's just like they haven't really. I haven't been wowed by a lightsaber battle in a, a long time, right? So, but but I watch Visions and I'm like, whoa! So like animation can just do things, can create a physics that like just won't look good on live action. So. And my answer is Hondo and Naka should have a show. Goodbye. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Hondo yeah. and Wado together. And, and if the it's buddy, like... The buddy cop show we always wanted. <laughs> and if it's Filoni run, you know, be like, oh, this is fine. And Filoni's making a little thing. And then it turns into something else. You're like, yeah. what? Mm-hmm. So anyways. That's like his... Maybe he got that from Lucas. I don't know. But that's like his touch. Mm. Right? It's like, well, Feloni's working on this. And you're like, this is fine. This is... What the... Like... <laughs> Watto. Yeah, it's like, Watto is the single most important... Watto. He is, obviously. <laughs> oh, ben Quadineros is the most important character in Star Wars. Because there you go. if his pod race actually works, he wins He wins the the, the race. And then yeah. the whole thing is... is, is but one final thing. Animation... Yeah, and Star Wars, they do go together because even like the, the prequels are basically cartoons with live action Obi Wan Kenobi. Like it's Ewan McGregor and a bunch of cartoon characters. Ben Quadineros <laughs> is a cartoon character. Jar Jar Binks is a cartoon character. Even the Mandalorian, they're shooting in front of a TV screen, right? It's all fake. Mm-hmm. Like, Star Wars is all fake. It what? <laughs> <laughs> Lies. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, Brock. But you know what I mean. Like it, they they go hand in hand. And I think in North America, especially, it's harder for adults to get behind animation because we view it uh, as child as child's fair mm-hmm. for tra- children, right? Like that's how we view it here. Whereas you look at anime, anime is for adults. Like I watched uh, um, like the Castlevania cartoon on the Netflix station, and that like that, and like that 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 Witcher cartoon, like like those. I was like, wow, these are. There's a little, these are a little much like, <laughs> but we, there's a tendency for us here in North America to view animated stuff for children. And one final thought, we'll go around, start with Andrew. Do you think that can ever change? And will you know, animation in general, but Star Wars animation be viewed by many and accepted by all. It's hard, man. It would have to be, I think you would have to get to that point that we mentioned where you have an animated feature length movie in a theater that has the gravitas of a live action Star Wars movie. You would need basically the Star Wars equivalent of like Up or Toy Story 3 to exist mm. for the general <laughs> public to be like, yeah, these uh these are these count. These are are as important. I, what I, style? I, sorry, but what style would that have to be though? Like, does it have to look like Clone Wars? Because it can't. Does it look like Rebels? Does it look like Visions? Do you know what I mean? I think Visions looks too much like anime. It is. That that would create another barrier. Um, So I think it would have to look like more like something like Clone Wars. It It would just have to. It would have to strike a balance like uh, like The Incredibles. The Incredibles looks like a cartoon, but you also know you're looking at humans right it doesn't proportions aren't too weird um like it shouldn't look like spongebob you know (laughs) i just want to know what star wars movie has sent you on an emotional tailspin that is up like (laughs) like up is a very good comparison of or example of like an animation that can make you feel stuff i'm just checking to see my audio is okay but i like yeah but you're right like like up is like or anything like pixar like like that like make you feel things and it's like that's when we say oh animation there's something to it but it's like can like star wars isn't really that kind of thing in general like uh, i can't think of an example where like star wars made you feel like super emotional outside of like oh there's the Lucasfilm logo, you know, the the goosebumps. Like that's that's emotion, of course, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think the in the realm of Star Wars, the best example of a film that like is good, is action packed, and like makes you feel things is into the Spider-Verse. 
And like, mm. like that movie, like that movie, I, I, you can fight me on this. Like, is my is the best superhero film ever? Like, yes, like Endgame is like an epic, but like it's like the closest to a comic book that I have ever watched. And I'm like, wow, that movie did a lot of things. So like, Star Wars animation, I think, needs to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, I can't hire Lord and Miller. <laughs> no, apparently not. No. At least yeah, not for exactly. more than a year. Yeah. I, you know, I think with animation, I think you you do go with a story that I think it starts something new, right? I think like I was talking about earlier, like I think you have to just start it to where it's kicking off something like an old republic, uh, you know, the high republic, something like that. And I think like Brock was talking about earlier, like you got to have lightsabers, right? Because I think lightsabers in animation, there's something just really different. Like, for example, I think one of the best uses of animation in the lightsaber was when Ahsoka and Malfa in Clone Wars Season 7. And that was all mocap. So I think if you do that with within Star Wars, if you do the mocap within the animation and make it feel a little more, like, grounded in that respect, I think people will be sold on it. I think... And I think the look of it, obviously, right. You can't go like the anime vision style, unfortunately, because it's just it just wouldn't work, right? I mean, for the general audience, it would work for us because we would we would love it. But general audience, I think you have to make it to where it does look like Clone Wars season seven when Ahsoka and Maul were fighting. Like mocap it, put some really nice animation with it. I think you would put butts in the seats. But again, I think we're like I think what we're all talking about, like it's. It's how, what story do you tell and how do you get people to go see it? That's the big thing. I think obviously if you're just kind of scrolling through Disney Plus and you see an animation in Star Wars, maybe some people are like, oh, let me check it out. But you have to get them to the theater and you have to set it up. So again, that that's the tricky part of it. I'm, I'm totally with Andrew. That's the hard part. But I think if they can sell it, they can definitely sell it, but they have to get people to watch it, unfortunately, because yeah. it is animation. So that's where that trick's going to be. But and like doing it in animation and like doing that mocap stuff, I think that would be the perfect kind of mixture of feels live action, but yet it's animation, you know? Yeah, somehow f- figure out how to get people in the theater that wouldn't normally go see it for a Star Wars movie and animation. Mm-hmm. That is the the challenge there but we're gonna wrap it up this has been a lot of fun lauren's gotta go she's got the whole turkey dinner happening no, I got my second plate up. waiting for me yeah, yeah right, right, right. the lions are up that's a lie this is pre-taped and we know that it's a lie we don't even have this has been a lot of fun lauren tell everybody where they can find you yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. I, I obviously I love talking animation with you guys. So thank you very much. Um, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Low Nose, and then you can follow me at the Galactic Podcast at the Galactic Pod on Twitter, and then we are on Spotify, Apple Pod, Google Play, all the major platforms. Go follow us, and we have some fun just talking Star Wars, man. Like we like we do here. Uh, Andrew, in case anybody wants to see your terrible movie reviews where you uh, <laughs> you hate everything. You are the reason Rotten Tomatoes. Steve, he's, on his, he's on our channel. He's on our channel. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andrew, are you, have, you, have you seen any new movies? Are you going to be reviewing any new movies? Uh, or well, just I, Succession? Are you just talking Succession? It's only Succession <laughs> from now on. Um, I, I did see Afterlife now, so I'm going to put something mm. together for that. I've, I've changed Go. my channel, though, so it's not... Uh, oh, like... Um, I think that's the hmm. best way to sum it up. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Um, I've changed my channel around though, so I'm not really reviewing stuff anymore, more so than I'm trying to learn a new lesson from every new thing I see. Basically, um, you just watch Succession. Yeah, so I just watch <laughs> Succession. And then when I'm not doing that, you can find me watching the Detroit Lions versus the Cincinnati Bengals on hey, NFL. <laughs> I don't know the NFL theme or I'd be singing it right now. Um, uh, 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 and then uh, you can listen to me here on rebel scum uh, and uh, we're also doing a lot over at infinity rewatch as well which is our little uh, marvel offshoot of rebel scum so if you're a marvel head 
then you can listen to myself and Ryan J. Whitehead. Uh, we're doing a lot of Marvel stuff this December, including our holiday special, Ranking the MCU, Ooh. which is monstrous. I should never have thought of doing it. Doing. I gave you my list. It's a good There's list. Too many movies. It's a lot of movies. <laughs> but it's gonna I can't wait to do that math. I, I didn't realize how much fun that math was gonna be. And uh now I'm I'm envious of all the years you spent doing that with Star Wars. But, I mean it was half the movies, more than half yeah. the movies. Yeah, Less exactly. It's insane. I I gave you my list and I forgot movies. I had to like insert them. I'm like, I actually like it better than I it was it was uh, <laughs> the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh Brock. Anything you want to say to wrap this up? Um, you know, make sure your mic works before you start. I don't know. <laughs> I, I look forward to listening to this back. Five years. Like, <laughs> like it sounds okay to me. I think I had to, I had to text blow. Andrew because I didn't know if it was my internet or if it was your mic. I was kind of in that limbo of. Is it just me? Because they're both not crazy. They were both like, oh, yeah, that's a great, yeah, great bra. Yeah, wow, that sounds great. And I was like, it, it must be me. I don't know. And Andrew's like, I don't know if he's even talking. It's great. Uh, I'm going to go play Pac Man. Jesus. What's nice. happening there? What, what is that? It's my Pac Man. Wow. It's a giant oh joystick. God. Oh, the joystick. Check it out. It's got a foot. It's got a foot. Up on it. So I'm gonna oh play Pac-Man. Thank you guys for watching. All the Americans enjoy your uh, Thanksgiving, your turkey. We'll be back in a couple of hours to talk something else about Star Wars. Uh, we're here all day, so join us, Lauren. Once again, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, day. We look forward to doing it all the time. Always a pleasure having you on. And uh, Brock, Andrew, mostly Brock. You were always scum. Mostly scum. Rebel scum. They mostly only come out at night. Mostly. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.